This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert takes us verse by verse through the book of First Peter. Put off the things that he says are wicked. It's up to you to put on the things that he says are in harmony with his plan for your future. You see that? You and I have a duty. I can't just make excuses for myself. I have to cry out to him and I have to take steps to make corrections in my life, in my attitudes, in my actions. It's up to me. How often do you renew your mind in the fact that sin no longer has dominion over you? Pastor Robert wants us to claim the promises of God and at the same time, cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God commands us not only to put off the deeds of the flesh, but to put on Christ as well. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, Here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 1, with today's message. First Peter, chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You know, there are all kinds of things in our lives, attitudes and habits and so forth, which are expressions of the flesh. Cy Rogers always calls it the residue of the old man. I had somebody want to argue with me recently that as believers, you know, they're There is no residue of the old man. Well, that's the same thing as saying that you're now perfect. And if any of you is so arrogant as to say that, I pity you. None of us is, right? If we're just honest with ourselves and with one another, we know. No, the residue is still there. The residue is still, I mean, hopefully it lessens, you know, as we follow Jesus and as he he works in our lives. But the reality is that None of us can claim that our behavior, our our attitudes and our actions are are totally Christ-like. Not yet. None of us has yet reached that state of sinless perfection to which he promises to bring us one day. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5 that those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's a That's a crazy picture that he paints there, right? Those those of you who are in Christ, you have crucified yourselves, your appetites, your personal human desires. They're dead. 
They've been executed. That's what he says. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, but the old Robert tries to resurrect and wants to express himself. And for that reason, the Bible often reminds us that we have a duty. And with that duty, we also have grace from God to, quote, put off, put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4.22 to 44. In other words, what he's saying there to the church at Ephesus is, is, is that, that we need to agree with God about the things which he says are evil and make the decision to cooperate with his Holy Spirit and that transforming work that he does inside us. It's up to you to put off the things that he says are wicked. It's up to you to put on the things that he says are in harmony with his plan for your future. You see that? You and I have a duty. I can't just make excuses for myself. I have to cry out to him and I have to take steps to make corrections in my life, in my attitudes, in my actions. That's up to me. Now, his grace, his enabling is there, but the choice is mine, moment by moment, day by day. I have to own some things. And here in 1 Peter chapter 2, the Bible gets pretty specific about a few of the things that you and I need to own and put off or set aside. He says we need to set aside malice. What is malice? Webster defines it as a desire to harm another person. Ill will toward somebody. I mean, we're seeing great and awful expressions of it in our society today. Just watch the news. Police officers being assassinated. Now listen to me carefully. I don't care what you think about cops. I've said it before in here. I was a cop hater, for lack of a better way to put it, when I was a teenager, running from them and avoiding them because my deeds were evil. I'm very aware that just as there are corrupt, wicked, self-serving pastors, ministers, rabbis, there are corrupt, self-serving, and wicked police officers. But here's the thing that's absolutely essential for us to remember. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13 that God has appointed those who wear the badge. Or to use Roman terminology, the language of the day, those who bear the sword. Today it would be bear the gun, right? And what we have to remember is that what we're seeing right now is the manifestation of lawlessness in our world. And we're seeing it coming from both sides. We're seeing it from both sides. Meaning that we're seeing those who should not be wearing the badge, abusing the badge. And we're seeing those who just don't want anybody wearing a badge, attacking the badge. The ultimate end of that is chaos. It's chaos. Unless you want the wild, wild west where Everybody 
takes the law into their own hands. And you need to pray for the, the law enforcement folks because I, I've seen it now for 10 years. They're scared and they feel completely unappreciated by the general public, the people that they're supposed to protect and serve. Pray for them. I was thinking about this subject of malice. You know, I think most often it, it's unforgiveness. Here's why I say that. I, I, even, let's, just, let's just continue with this issue with law enforcement. Somebody feels that they've been wronged by law enforcement. And rather than forgiving and recognizing that, yep, human beings, we're, pretty, we're a pretty messed up bunch. And so that guy, he, he really treated me badly, but you know, I forgive him, Lord. I, I, I pray that you would work in his life and whatever needs to take place, God, that, that you would do it, that you would work on him, that you would transform his heart, that you would change him. And instead of approaching it like that, they harbor this resentment. And over a period of time, that resentment, that unforgiveness, it festers and it, and it pollutes and it infects, takes over. And it manifests itself in a desire to do harm to that individual or that group of people. And so somebody, the expression used to be goes postal, right? They lose it and just start shooting people. Everybody tracking with my, my logic here? Unforgiveness. You know, I was thinking about it. My wife and I have talked a good bit because when Vicki Bentley was here a little while ago, um, she said something to the ladies that apparently really resonated. It, it didn't originate with Vicki, but it's true nonetheless. Harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. I was guilty of it for years. You know, most of you know, I got married straight after high school. I was 18 years old. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't even know me. I got married and it was a disaster. And my mother-in-law tried to prevent it, but she didn't really go about it in a, in a good way. She didn't know the Lord either. And um, it was just a really messy, disastrous situation. And for the longest time, I hated that woman. Even after I came to know the Lord Jesus, I, I was confronted, you know, maybe 10 years had passed. My marriage, by the way, lasted roughly 18 months and we divorced and it almost destroyed me. so blessed with the technologies that God has given us these days. Being able to share Bible teaching through radio is wonderful. A couple of other great resources are Facebook and Twitter. For most of us, these resources are part of our everyday lives. Maybe as you were listening today, someone in your life came to mind that would be blessed by hearing this message. You can share today's message on your Facebook page and Twitter feed to help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Friends, radio is an expensive endeavor. And we want to let you know that you can help partner with us to help see Main Thing Radio continue to grow. Here's Tracy. We all know that it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. 
Log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. Be sure to join us again on this same station at this same time for another Main Thing Radio.